The internet remains undefeated. I don't even know if I should share this with you. If you haven't seen, an increasing number of people have been celebrating the one year anniversary of Vanessa Hudgens accidentally setting US COVID-19 policy. It's a virus, I get it, like I respect it. But at the same time, I'm like, even if everybody gets it, like, yeah, people are gonna die, which is terrible, but like, inevitable? Oh my God. Thank you for that top tier commentary, Thanos. Uh, but yeah, welcome back to the show. My name's Philip DeFranco. The show is named after me because I'm an egomaniac. If you're new, subscribe. If you're regular, hit that like button. And then for everybody, let's just jump into it. Actually, the first thing that we're going to talk about today is news from the world of entertainment because a mental health nonprofit has absolutely slammed an upcoming show on Peacock starring Will Forte. And this because they argue that this show that's reportedly going to deal with suicide is wildly irresponsible. Right, so according to Deadline, this show titled Expiration Date follows Forte's character who, quote, consumed by grief, finds a life insurance policy that covers suicide, provided that the individual doesn't carry out the deed within one year. Content that his family will be provided for, Robin sets his expiration date and contemplates how he will spend his final year, with a sort of tagline saying, it's going to be a long 12 months. Right, it's a project that was just announced, the producers behind Fleabag are behind it. By the way, if you not watch Fleabag, great show. But that said, regarding this show, which is reportedly still in development, there, there's actually no release date or anything really else out about it. Around that, yesterday we saw Bill Smith, the founder of Inseparable, which is a nonprofit that fights for mental health policy, slamming the prospect of this show, saying in a statement to Variety, what a wildly irresponsible and callous concept that will no doubt endanger countless viewers. Glamorizing suicide leads to contagion, that is a fact. At a time when our country is already suffering a mental health crisis compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic, which has left Americans' mental well-being at a two-decade low. The last thing we need is a reckless show hinged on the question of will he or won't he succumb to the devastation of depression, an all too real and painful experience for millions of Americans. And adding NBC Universal would do well to rethink such a dangerous idea that could lead to an increase in suicide among viewers. And while there were definitely people that supported that opinion, you also saw people not receiving it as well. This including the likes of actor Billy Eichner who tweeted, who cares? They haven't even seen a script. Stop policing slash criticizing art you haven't even seen. I have nothing to do with this show, by the way. This just drives me crazy. As well as screenwriter Kim Caramel also saying, good thing no one canceled Breaking Bad prior to seeing it for glorifying the dangerous behavior of drug manufacturing. Hey, how about we give proven creators the benefit of the doubt that they might handle delicate topics with respect and nuance before we leap to outrage. But once again, we saw people pushing back against that, some specifically bringing up the show 13 Reasons Why. Right, as you might remember, that show ended up getting slammed for depicting suicide in a harmful way to a largely teen audience. And reports eventually found that in the month after the show's debut, there was a nearly 30% spike in teen suicides in America. And in fact, there was actually so much pushback, Netflix ended up removing a scene that showed a girl committing suicide from the show. And you know, as, as far as my opinion on this, I end up pretty much agreeing with Billy Eichner here. It feels like people are so prone to policing, criticizing, trying to kill something off before you even really know what it is. Right, for all we know, the full synopsis and arc of the show could be very depressed person thinks about hurting themselves. They give themselves a certain time period. During that time period, they end up living their life the way they should have been living their life and they realize how beautiful it can be. I do agree that topics and issues like this need to be handled in a certain way, but we haven't even seen anything. You just have people projecting what they think the worst version of the show is based off of a one-line description. And understand, it could end up actually being all the things that you fear it could be, but we don't know. But uh, that's the story, my opinion on it, and my opinion, surprising, especially because I just said I was an egomaniac, it's not the way that it is for everyone. So whether you agree or you disagree, I would love to know your thoughts in those comments down below. Do you think the critics here are jumping the gun or no, are they absolutely right? Why, why not? We also had the other 
entertainment news and actually a debate that's been sparked around music. And this, because we saw the artist and creator that is Corpse Husband sparking kind of a, a conversation and debate that we've seen before. Tweeting, one of these artists and labels going to realize it's not always smart to just claim or strike YouTubers and Twitch streamers using their music. I've been trying to tell them this on the inside for months. Stop taking the quick money and let people who like your stuff share it. And you know, in response to this, we saw a lot of big creators supporting it, arguing that artists benefit greatly from the exposure. Right, and you look, do a lot of big songs like Driver's License, Say So, Old Town Road, Mood. I mean, there is a never ending list at this point. The main point being, they have incredibly benefited from being constantly used by internet creators. And these days, it's almost universally on TikTok because I mean, on YouTube, you can hum a song and get hit. Which hey, uh, you know, after seeing what Twitch has gone through in the past few months, you know, YouTube is doing their best and they've, they've set up a great system. You know, there is this stark contrast between the platforms and how people get treated on it. And, you know, it makes you wonder, will labels and artists realize, yes, I should open this up. I shouldn't go after people that are trying to put my stuff in front of more eyes. But also on the other end, there's the question of will TikTok end up actually going the other way? Right? Is it just an inevitability that TikTok is gonna have their own version of the same problem that other platforms have had in the past? Then let's definitely talk about Derek Chauvin's lawyer yesterday trying to get the court to delay his criminal trial and the death of George Floyd and actually entirely move the case out of Minneapolis. With the defense attorney here, Eric Nelson, arguing that the decision by the city of Minneapolis to grant Floyd's family a $27 million settlement could influence the jury and tarnish his client, saying that he was gravely concerned by the announcement and calling it incredibly prejudicial. As expected, we saw the prosecution push back against this argument, and ultimately we saw Judge Peter Cahill, who's overseeing the case, seeming to straddle both sides, saying that while he agreed that the settlement could affect the case and called the timing unfortunate, he also said that there didn't seem to be any ill intent here. But also very notably, Cahill also said he would consider a postponement and agreed to re-interview the seven jurors who have already been selected to see if they knew about the settlement. But as far as moving the trial to another city, as of right now, this seems highly unlikely. But ultimately, very few things are ever impossible, and so we have to wait and see what happens from here. And then let's talk about some really interesting and important international news. Starting with a growing list of European nations now facing backlash among health experts after deciding to pause the use and rollout of the AstraZeneca vaccine. Right, so if you're unfamiliar, the issue here is that there have been a handful of reports that people who took the vaccine found blood clots shortly after. But it's hard to say that they're actually linked and instead may be linked to people watching their health more closely. For example, the first people to get vaccinated are among the most vulnerable and thus are already susceptible to bad health conditions like blood clots. Right? And that's why so many health experts have said that this decision is premature, especially because it is unclear if it's even at fault for causing any blood clots. Right? The evidence available points to this vaccine being as safe as any other, with only a tiny percentage of the population experiencing any adverse effects. Right? When reviewing data from the 17 million doses given, AstraZeneca found 37 instances of blood clots. Britain also backed up those stats, saying that among the 11 million doses of the vaccine given so far, there were only 11 instances of blood clots, which one, is actually far less than what you'd expect even among the general public, and two, again, these blood clots could not be conclusively tied to the vaccine. But because the countries have made these decisions, you have these stories and these crazy headlines popping up. You have agencies like the European Medicines Agency, which is the EU drug agency, having to come out and say there is no indication that vaccination has caused these conditions, as well as the WHO's chief scientist having to come out to note that of the 300 million doses of coronavirus vaccines given globally, there is no documented death that has been linked to a COVID vaccine. And there's real concern that halting the use of this vaccine just going to screw up Europe even more. Even before this, Europe is way behind their goal of vaccinations. Then let, let's definitely talk about what's happening in the UK. All right, so in the United Kingdom, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced that across England and Wales, plainclothes officers would be sent to hang around bars and clubs to help protect against sexual assault. The program is called Project Vigilant and it heavily expands pilot programs in the two countries. And we've seen this met with widespread support in Parliament with even many opposition Labour Party members saying that they would not oppose the bill. But you also had some cautioning that it does not go far enough. 
The Labour MP, Stella Creasy, saying that misogyny should be a hate crime. So, quote, that existing crimes like sexual harassment, abuse, and intimidation can be reported and recorded as such. While some members of the government also think more can be done at a societal level to deal with issues women face day to day. With Foreign Secretary Dominic Raab telling The Guardian, I think it is appalling that women still suffer the fear, the intimidation, the threats, and I say that as a son, a husband, and a brother of a sister. Of course, we've all got, and I think the vast majority of men will feel this while recognizing that women are the ones that face the brunt of this, a stake in society, and we all very personally want to see the streets safe for women to walk at night. With them adding that the government would be adding 20,000 police officers, although it should be noted it's more like re-adding as the Tory government cut 20,000 officers since 2010. But with all this, as far as the public, what are people saying online? You have many saying that this project doesn't actually solve the issues that women face or make them feel safer. Because uh, amid the backdrop of all this, you have the abduction and death of 33-year-old Sarah Everard. And if you're unfamiliar with this story, her body was found in Kent after she was taken at night while walking home from a friend's house in South London. Her alleged killer was a London police officer. Right, so you had some saying getting more police officers involved, that that's tone deaf, another writing. The UK government's solution to a police officer kidnapping and murdering a woman is to put up more CCTV cameras and put plainclothes police officers in pubs and nightclubs. We also saw people annoyed by reports that during the time that she was still missing, police went door to door in the neighborhood that Sarah disappeared in, telling women to stay inside for their own safety. Women in my area have been advised not to go out alone while Sarah Everard's disappearance is investigated. How about we urge men not to go out instead? Say a curfew at nightfall. Perhaps we'd see more done about street safety if it were men losing their freedoms, not women. Right, so with all this happening, in addition to people being outspoken, it also led to a series of protests. This, including one near the park where she was last seen alive that ended up being broken up by police. As well as multiple in front of parliament pretty much every day since Sunday, all of which could possibly be illegal if Boris Johnson and the current government have their way. Right, because today, members of parliament are debating the police, crime, sentencing, and courts bill, part of which includes heavily expanding the powers of police to crack down on protests. And among the things this could do, uh, any protest or protesters that cause what they refer to as serious annoyance could be arrested. Uh, if you deface public monuments, you could land you in prison for 10 years. It also flatly bans any protest in front of parliament. With the government seemingly defending these moves by saying, the measures in the bill are not in any way impinging on the right to protest. They're simply focused on the use of some extremely disruptive tactics we've seen used in recent years. However, I mean, the, the timing of this thing, it's horrendous. The optics, horrible, right? All of this happening amid the backlash of how London's Metropolitan Police handled the protest of Everard's death, as well as how they handled a prior investigation involving the cop accused of killing Sarah, with people also calling for the city's police commissioner to resign. But as far as what all this might change, as far as what the government actually does, that remains to be seen. Right, we are seeing things like Labour MPs who were initially planning on abstaining from the vote, now widely moving to block it. But despite this and the opposition, the government has said that it has no plans to tone back the restrictions on protests it's proposed. And that is where I'm going to end today's show. Subscribe, like, all the good stuff. Love you, face. I'll see you tomorrow.